Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris down on the beach. And, uh, well, what a metaphor for life, you know. Uh, I left my house. It was freezing cold. I've got a down jacket on. The westerly wind blows through every crack in my building, my old building. And even though I live on the east side of the apartment block, it just ripples around and blows through and chills the chills the rooms and chills the house down. It's beautiful. I walk around the house in a down jacket. So I come down the beach and uh, there's everybody standing in bikinis and uh, sluggos. And the, the reason for it is that it's actually quite a warm day, but the, the west wind is, uh, parts of the beach, completely sheltered from the west wind. So I, I walk down and I take off my down jacket thinking, wow, wow, it's a hot day after all. And then I walk 100 metres and I'm out of the shelter of the west wind and it drops. Uh, and that's uh, the measure of, as you well know, and I'm telling you anything you don't know here, uh, what they call real feel. So I was in Canada once and uh, I looked at the temperature. It was, uh, I think, minus six. And uh, I had, I was in Prince Edward Island doing uh, another workshop there. I did quite a lot in Prince Edward Island and uh, the, the, it was, the temperature was six, minus six. I went, oh, beaut. So I put my overcoat on, big heavy overcoat, gloves, and bundled myself up to walk 500 meters. That's all it was from the hotel where I was staying, this beautiful hotel, to the uh, conference center, to uh, Prince Edward Island uh, conference center. I think Charlottetown or whatever the name is, the capital, and uh, present the conference all day. What I didn't realize was that the real feel was minus 47 degrees centigrade. The wind was about 40 knots straight off the ice. And in 500 meters of walking, I got hypothermia. 500 meters, I got hypothermia. So yes, there was ice on the ground and snow. Uh, the, so it's minus six, but minus six you can go for a walk in, but minus 40 something degrees, you cannot. You cannot do that. You, 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 hypothermia sets in almost immediately. And my gloves and my jacket uh, froze, everything. I was cold. My feet froze, my face froze, my nose froze, my lips froze, my head froze, everything didn't work because the wind penetrated it. I think it's a great uh, metaphor. And I got to the conference center and because people were mostly from Canada, they knew what had gone wrong and uh, set about uh, making sure that they rubbed my hands and I, I got, uh, warm um, into some warmth and just kept moving until the hypothermia removed. But boy, was I ill after that for a couple of days, just just bouncing back. And uh, it just drained my body. It, it, my body was just not used to it. So there's feel and there's real feel. There's temperature and there's real temperature. And there's life and there's real life, isn't there? 
so we can look out the window and go, everybody else on Facebook looks smiling, everybody else looks happy, uh, everybody else looks uh, like they've got certainty, so that's feel. And then the real feel is everybody's confused, everybody's got struggles, all the Facebook photos are well selected, nobody puts their uh, dirty photos uh, on the Facebook where they look sad, confused and uncertain. And, and I think this is a really important uh, thing to realise is that there's in life there's real and there's feel. So the temperature of life looks like everybody's happier than you. The temperature of life looks like uh, everybody's more successful than you and doing it better and got more discipline and uh, more successful or more happy or more love or more something than you. But absolutely nobody on earth has none. The real feel, the chill factor, the real feel, same for everybody. That's just the natural state of being a human being. And everybody, I would say, maybe not everybody, but 90% of people who get depression get depressed because they think real is real feel. They think the temperature is actually what the temperature is. But the temperature isn't real. They think, sorry, I got distracted by a lovely person going for a swim without much clothing. And uh, well, anyway, sorry, where, where was that? Real, oh, that's right, real and real feel. So, Canada, the temperature was six, minus six. The real feel was minus 46. And I nearly died from the the difference from mistaking the the, the 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 gauged temperature for the real feel. So real feel in life is very different to real. Religion is real. Real feel is human, spiritual. And uh, when I was in working in New York, I was I always I had a driver he used to pick me up every day take me to the airport or bring me from the airport. And I, I loved this man. I loved him like a brother. He was an African-American guy and he was also a priest. He had his own church. And uh, to make ends meet, he drove a limo. And so he looked forward to me arriving as I looked forward to arriving to meet up. And I would book him and he would drive me. And in that hour and a half or so between airport and, and uh, my apartment or my apartment and wherever I was going for the day, we would debate. He did debation, debated. And the topic was always religion versus spirituality. Of course, his breadth of knowledge crossed both spheres, 
mine was limited to spirituality and I sort of argued the damage of religion and he argued the pros of it given that he lived in um, predominantly African-American environment of uh, lower socioeconomic circumstances in one of the outer uh, urbs of New York and he admired what faith in God and religion did for that community to keep them functional, keep them happy. And so during the conversations in this taxi, in the limo, uh, and they were sometimes quite strong, but always friendly, always respectful. We debated, the, and what we were debating was the difference between real and real feel. Because I could talk about religion from a point of view of my viewpoint of it, from an outsider, seeing the damage and measuring the temperature of it. But he was real feel. He was in the community, working with real people, in real feel environments, where, you know, bread and butter on the table was a really big problem. Where rent was a really big problem and violence and struggles uh, were a really big problem. And he was, he witnessed the value of what he was sharing with people in the real environments. It, it, uh, in another incident, when I was walking the dog, I, uh, I stayed uh, with my, uh, some people in New York down in the, the old laundry district, district down past Soho. And uh, they had a dog and I used to walk it early in the morning. And one day uh, I was walking along and uh, with the dog and there's a church. And there was a sign out front, Og Mandingo. Og Mandingo, what a name. Was doing a, t a, a lecture. And I thought, I've heard of this guy. He's an American speaker. And I thought, oh, imagine doing that. He was doing it at eight o'clock in the morning. I thought, well, that's a very religious time on a Sunday morning, as it were, to be doing a talk for Og Mandingo. And I, stopped and noticed that you know this is 6.30 and everyone was getting ready to the people who were organizing the seminar conference thing in the church were getting all the tables set up for registration and uh, there was just one or two people lingering around and I asked this um, for want of a better word white guy who was a little older I said what's going on here today and he goes oh it's a you know, community gathering of people to, to and it turned out to be Ogmandingo. I was talking to the guy. And this guy is the grandfather of professional speaking in the world. He, he was speaking before people could speak. <laughs> anyway, he invited me to attend. And uh, it's a blessing to attend something that's like this because it was a non-commercial, non-paid speaking, uh, speaking uh, gig that he'd volunt he volunteers to do at churches all over America when he's in a city 
to do a professional gig. So he was actually uh, uh, doing this in the morning and then presenting to something in the afternoon or corporate. And I sat in an audience that were, well, I could honestly say they were strugglers, battlers, real battlers in life. Um, street people who were welcomed with open arms to this uh, community group, church group. Uh, real battlers, real people who'd done, uh, done it tough. And some of the people in the room there were still doing it very, very tough in life. Um, maybe even sleeping out. I don't know. I didn't. There were couples, small families, and they were not discriminatory about each other. They all just came in and sat down very respectfully, as you do in New York. You'd mind your own business as often as possible. And Og Mandingo came out, and his topic for the day was so astonishing. Um, it's probably 20 odd years later now. I still remember every single word he said. And the topic of the day was uh, not some hypothetical religious um, expectation of yourself that you can't live up to or some hypothetical high ground sermon out of the Bible or something, uh, it, 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 it wasn't the, uh, it was real feel. Real feel. It wasn't the temperature, it was real feel. It wasn't hypothetical, it wasn't a theory, it was fact. And his topic of the day was a thing called home ground advantage. Home ground advantage. I even standing on the beach here watching massive waves and in the western wind in the real feel of probably three degrees here at Bondi right now in the sun I still feel the emotion so what Og Mandingo did he stood up and he said uh, he started off talking about uh, the broader world and said the New York Yankees which everybody in the room would know or relate to or have some familiarity with, win 82% of all games they play in New York at the New York Stadium and only win 48% of everything they play on the road. Hmm. He said, that's called home ground advantage. Everyone goes, yeah, 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 yeah. We heard home ground advantage in sport all the time. And then he went into the the New York Jets uh, and everybody in America loves basketball so basketball is easy and he goes the the win loss rate was 70 something percent at home and 40 something percent on the road so he he used just everyday real life metaphors to engage everybody in the concept of home ground advantage and then he started talking about families. Family life, relationships. And he linked home and love and respect for each other at home, which was, I would suspect, a lot of the domestic problems people were having in the room, to home ground advantage at work. And he made this extraordinary bridge 
to try to help people who were struggling and possibly not operating in their home life in a respectful way because they're not they weren't able to uh, they were bringing the stress of work home and they were not able to translate their home life into any uh, link to whatever work or whatever life they lived outside of the house and he was bridging that link to create real feel and he was talking and he he kept talking about the broader concept of community as a family and the broader concept of a church being not a place for worship but a place for community and a place for celebration of connectedness between human beings and and he talked about even a a building, this building uh, being home ground advantage if you want to use it that way or it could be a place for uh, just creating a, a, a monument. It, it could be just a building with four walls and a bunch of people but if you used it right this building can become home ground advantage. It can give you something that you don't have without it and he was it, 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 the topic was gratitude the topic was appreciation the topic was all these real topics but the real feel of it was talking about the real lives of these this these people in a community dissociated from each other as you do in new york dissociation is new york's uh, underwritten uh, law dissociate 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 just in case the person uh, that you're about to communicate with doesn't want you to invasion of privacy or anger or or, or it's you know it's it's it's, it's understandable dissociation is uh, in a way a, a level of uh, respect and politeness but dissociation also destroys home ground advantage so Magdigno kept talking and I, I just was in absolute awe of this man's ability to take the football scenario the, and, and cut through real and get real feel. Cut through the temperature and get down to how does it feel to be a human being? How does it feel? And uh, he ended up with this most beautiful, beautiful story. And I'll share it. Ogman Dingo spent uh, something in those years uh, somewhere in the vicinity of 200 days a year away from home. He never spent a single day away from home without ringing his wife. At which stage he teared up for the love of his wife and because he believed his affection for her and his love for her gave him home ground advantage that no matter where he was in the world, where he was, what he was doing, he was connected to home, home ground advantage. I don't know if they even had kids. He never mentioned this topic. He just mentioned her. He also mentioned that he never stayed away one night that he could avoid. And he said, if I, even if I got home at 1 a.m. by flying at all night, I left wherever I was, when I was finished the, the program that I gave to whatever company, I would get as quickly as I could to an airport and fly as quickly as I could 
to get home because that was home ground advantage. And he lived this code of real feel. He didn't pretend to be someone he's not. And he finally came up with this, this completion of this whole story. And he talked about home ground advantage as being the love between him and his spouse. So he didn't talk about God once. He didn't talk real. He didn't talk temperature. He didn't talk theory. He didn't talk gospel. He didn't talk Bible. He didn't talk anything. All he simply said was a community, a collective, a neighborhood, a friendship, love, intimacy, sex, if you want to call it. He didn't have to use any of it. All he said was community, building, home, partnership, spouse, dedication, devotion, home ground advantage. And when I left that, uh, that's right, and before we left, he asked anybody in the room to stand up and speak and share. And it brings in me so much emotion to remember the stories people shared. I can't even share it with you on the phone. I can't even bring it on the podcast. It was so bloody beautiful. And people with so much of trouble uh, surviving, hanging on by a thread and realizing in that room that it was their love for their partner, their love for that relationship, their love for that person that was helping them hang on by a thread. So I think when we're talking about good parenting and good relationship and bad people and change and transformation and moving on and not moving on and being uh, there for people and not being and being at work in a collaborative and being work with communities and being a boss and having to deal with getting people to do what you want and all this blah did blah. We have to be really, really careful between real and real feel. We have to be really careful because real feel is very different. Real feel is very different. Real feel is very different to the temperature. Whether you're in Prince Edward Island on Bondi Beach or actually sitting in an office at work. Home ground advantage, Og Mandingo. What an amazing story. I've been, I was friends with him uh, online for a little while afterwards, but it faded away and then he passed, of course. Thank you for listening. Bye for now.